Hello and welcome to the Knit British Podcast. This is episode 117. 117 episodes. Do we ear punch for that? (laughs) Thank you for joining me, uh, particularly if you have listened to all of the 116 preceding this one. And uh, a very special hello and welcome to those of you who are joining us for the first time today. It's lovely to have you around. I'm just sorry for the scraping noises. I've just realised that I just had an ice cream and I've dribbled on my desk. Can't take me anywhere. How are you? Uh, It is nice to be back in front of the microphone with you. And um, I, if you listened to the last episode, there was a bit of partying going on across the road from where I was recording. It's quite quiet at the moment. For so far, no drunken revellers. It's a Monday evening, so um, let's hope they keep it down to a dull roar. Uh, I was just over in the Knit British Ravelry group at the moment, actually, having a wee look around there. I don't get to spend a lot of time in the Ravelry group, um, which is silly because it's my Ravelry group. Um, but actually, it's your Ravelry group because you you make it um, uh, such a fantastic community over there. Yeah, I'm not allowed to... Well, I can't look at Ravelry when I'm at work, so um, it's nice to just spend a little few moments looking at what's been happening. And I usually do this at the end of the programme, but let's do a hello to the new kids in the Knit British Ravelry group. Disclaimer, there may be more new kids by the time this episode goes out, but these are the new kids that are correct at the time of recording. Hello to Mindelaine. Hello to Crafty Kirst, um, who is in Bridgend. Hello to Marsha Louise NY. Good name, Marsha Louise, um, who is in uh, Washington. Uh, hi to DA Lacey Four, who's Dolores. She's in Cincinnati, Ohio. Hi to Nitty Jen, who is uh, in Chelmsford. Hi to you, Nitty Jen. And hello to Tatty, who's Natalie, who's in London. Uh, thanks uh, to you new kids for joining the New British Ravelry Group. And I hope you're having a nice time over there. And thanks to everyone for their... Uh, uh, continued support of the Knit British Ravelry Group. I have just been looking at in the Good Intentions Quarter 2 thread uh, because Quarter 2 started on the 1st of May, um, which is a couple of weeks ago now. Um, and um, already there is quite a lot of um, Good Intentions knitting and making going on. If you don't know what the Good Intentions Club is, it's basically the knitting, uh, the the making club that we already own. It's for all of those patterns where we have had the yarn and we've had the pattern and we've intended to make it. And it's just a little um, incentive, just a little group activity to get us through Um, those um, patterns and those designs that um, we've always meant to make. Um, So some of our good intention uh, makers uh, have a plan. They know what they're going to try and achieve in quarter one, quarter two, quarter three and quarter four. Others are just taking it a bit a bit more of a relaxed view like, oh, yeah, I meant to knit that. I'm going to make that in quarter two. Um, So um, it's kind of anything goes, really. Um, pretty much guarantee that anyone listening to this now um, will have a good intention 
if not multiple contentions uh, in their stash waiting to be made. So if you are, you can feel free to join in. So let's have a look what's been going on. Be the Vendor uh, wants to cast on uh, the Vovest, which I think is Mary Jane Mucklestone pattern, uh, in Blue- Blueface Lester double knit from West Yorkshire Spinners and a lot of Jameson's colours in her stash. S- uh, Silver Spring Knits, good intentions for quarter two. She's going to do Tate by Susan Crawford, which is um, a hat pattern from the Vintage Shetland book. Uh, Practical Cat's going to knit Strody by Kate Davies, a nice light drapey sweater. Cutty Sark is still plugging away on her quarter one project, but in quarter two, um, she's going to be using some fantastic Zilana Cowrie yarn to make the Devilish hat by Rachel Coopy. And... Who else is, is making in quarter two? Let's have a quick look. Um, Crafty Amoeba is going to do uh, Starman, uh, the shawl by Helen Reed in Helen's Wool Kitchen yarn. Poke to Goblin is working on a crochet blanket as we go, stripy blanket. She's finishing that before starting something else in her queue. Uh, Gojo's quarter two project is from last year's Woolen Hall, Babbles Yarn, Cotton Socks Base. She's going to make the sleeveless version of the Heart of Glass Top um, by Mary Anarella. Halcyon Day plans to finish her Sweet Pea Blanket, Crochet Blanket, and then she's going to cast on a Carbeth. Hannah Ross, she's still plodding away with her quarter one project, which was Vintersol by Carrie Westerman. Um, it's beautiful. It's gorgeous colour. My goodness me. It's um, Rauma yarn that she's using. Very beautiful. Nice one, Hannah. Um, so yeah, so lots going on in the Good Intentions um, group over in the Knit British Ravelry thread. I always seem to do Ravelry stuff last, so it's quite nice to bring that in at the beginning and um, it feels like welcoming you all in a little, like what's happening in the community, in, in our community. Uh, elsewhere on the programme this month, uh, we're going to be looking at Wensleydale in our wool exploration. Now, Wensleydale is one of my favourite uh, breed yarns, if not my favourite. I'm quite picky about um, the kind of Wensleydale yarn I like, as you'll hear as we go on. But it's just one of my most favourite wool yarns and it's one of, they're one of my most favourite sheep. I mean, they're so, you know, those curly locks, really long ringlets. Um, they're, they're lustrous and just gorgeous sheep. So um, what's not to love? Uh, so we'll be talking about that. I haven't swatched um, for the wool exploration because I'd actually like to tell you about... The life of my Wensleydale sweater so far. Got that coming up. Uh, on the needles. This is something I've not done for ages either. Is cast on, cast off. And uh, recently cast off. Well, I feel I did some blocking um, last weekend. And you know that feeling of satisfaction you get from blocking. When you you know you get to a, a end of a project and you get your finished thing blocked out, I feel that like that satisfaction was really stolen. Like I was a wee woodpecker, no cuckoo. It was a cuckoo's blocking because my friend finished her first shawl. Uh, it was a, 
uh, Caitlin French shawl. It was um, oh so simple or terribly simple. Oh, what was it called? Oh, well, of course, I can't find it now. Um, it was It's a free pattern. Um, and basically, it makes a long, slender crescent shape. I think it's like basically knit one row, then knit one, knit front and back for one row, then knit one row, then knit one front and back, one row. And you end up with this slender crescent shape. And she made her shawl with um, Carafella's Newa. And she also teamed it with a shade of Cambrian Mountain yarn uh, and has made this two-colour um, shawl. But she didn't know how to block it. And she said, when it was finished, she said, it looks like a knitted uterus. Um, which, I mean, do we know what a knitted uterus would look like? Why, yes, I am looking up uterus on Ravelry Search. Oh, holy shit, there is. There are nine knitted uteruses on um, Ravelry. None of them looked like Martine's shawl. Um, but I said I would take it and block it for her and use the blocking wires. And um, yeah, so I blocked I blocked her shawl for her last weekend. And I got that sense of, you know, achievement that it was like, you know, I had made that, but I hadn't. Um, <laughs> I just stole the glory from her uh, momentarily. But it is always, it is always a, a sense of achievement once you've blocked something. I think because when you get that wet item on the blocking mat and you wrestle it, you wrangle it, you you know pull it this way and that way, you end up using muscles that you didn't even know you had. So I think actually, it's it's a separate sense of achievement blocking. Um, what was I talking about? Oh yeah, cast on, cast off. Um, so I haven't, I hadn't, haven't done any casting off, but I have done some, some blocking. I also finished my second Felix pullover by Amy Christoffers, Savory Knitting, which I made for my sister's uh, birthday on the thirtieth of April, and you might remember that I knit one for myself in Iona wool and I loved it so much and it was such a quick knit after the horror that was the breathing space pattern for me um, and ripping that out I needed something that was a little bit of a quick fix and so I made one for myself then was really tempted to make another one that my sister said she would like one so I made one for her and I cast it on on the 29th of March and it was with her by the 30th of April what has happened to me? I am suddenly a fast knitter, or maybe just because it's it's an Aaron Waite sweater, possibly. Uh, <laughs> but I finished that, and she's very pleased with that. I'm knitting a secret thing that I can't talk about, so I won't talk about that. And then, last night, a little bit angry. You might have seen me on, on Instagram. I think I talked about the fact that I wanted to cast on... The Poet Sweater by Sari Norland, which uh, is in uh, Lina magazine, issue six. And I got this magazine for this pattern. I had been just waiting to get, you know, I knew I wanted to make it. I knew I wanted to team the right kind of yarn with it. Uh, got the right kind of yarn. Um, I fell in love with the new one of the new used wools in the Aster range. It's uh, 
The name of it is Bialach and it's a fantastic gingerbready colour of Shetland, Scottish Merino and Alpaca and it's beautiful natural colour, just this beautiful earthy shade um, and I just thought that's what I want to make that sweater in. Um, so sat down to look at the pattern last night, which I've looked at the pattern a few times but I hadn't really looked at the charts and I'm afraid the word Lina was a bad word in my house last night. The air was blue. Nothing against the designer um, uh, at all. But the layout of the pattern in the magazine is just dreadful. First of all, black font on grey page is horrific. I find it dreadful to try and read. I have to sit under the bright light to read that magazine. Um, but the chart for this sweater is horrific. So that same grey page and sort of medium to light black font. And then on the chart, there are symbols that we all know well, you know, backslash and forward slash being particular kinds of decreases, pretty standard symbols being used. But for certain sizes, the boxes were certain colours. And for those certain colours, the backslash or the front slash meant just knit. That is just ridiculous for a kickoff. The fact that the colours are sort of pastelish kind of colours and there is absolutely no contrast with um, on that page. Even if I had photocopied it, I don't think it would have shown up. So I was absolutely raging. I just, you know, I, I do book reviews and magazine reviews on this podcast quite a lot. And the things that I talk about that mean something to me and I think mean something to a lot of listeners and a lot of people who will be picking up that book or that magazine is how is it laid out? What is the paper like? What is the colours like? What are What is the fonts like? What are the fonts like? What are the colours like? I just think it's really an important part of accessibility of a, a, a publication. Fair enough, I am a bit of a junkie when it comes to the kind of paper that's used. I like certain kinds of paper but I really feel that font that layout that symbols uh, keys all of these things should be patently clear um, for everybody that approaches that pattern and this was not I took to Instagram uh, wholly inaccessible pattern Batman um, I um, was very sort of I just felt kind of buoyed that others had felt the same way. And this is not a reflection on the designer. This is a reflection on the publication and how how that they deal with the layout. Um, they were very quick, Lina, to come back and say, Sorry to hear you are struggling with reading the poet chart. We have tried to improve the readability of patterns and charts and from issue seven onwards have made the pattern pages lighter in colour, thus the result resulting in a higher contrast. I hope that helps. Well, that, that obviously helps anyone who's going to be buying the magazine from issue seven onwards, but it doesn't help now having paid 20 odd quid or whatever it was, 20 quid, I think, for this book. 
I really, really, really like the um, some of the aesthetic of of Lina. I really like the designers that they have designing for them. I really like the uh, article content. I just think that this is a horrible part of um, the the look of the magazine. This um, dull grey page. Um, it's 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 not it's not nice. And the fact that. Um, Lina don't have an e-version, a PDF version like Pom Pom do, like other magazines do. Um, like sometimes when you buy a knitting book, there is a Ravelry download code. Um, it might have been better because I could have made it bigger on my tablet, um, but that's not an option either. So while I I am thankful that they are taking visual inaccessibility into account. It doesn't really help for anyone who's bought the first six issues of Lina. You know, it's visually in inaccessible to me who has relatively okay eyesight with glasses on. I can't imagine how it is for anyone who has any other kind of visual impairment. Um, I would like to give a absolute big 10 high five to Sari Norland who uh, got in touch and sent me a copy of her single pattern um she didn't have to do that i am very grateful um, that she did um and i would encourage anybody who is thinking to knit the poet sweater to buy the single pattern download from ravelry rather than the magazine um just because it is so much better um, set out. There is a different chart pattern for each of the sizes. There is none of that mucking about with different coloured squares or standard knitting terminology symbols meaning other things. So I, I again, very grateful to Sari um, for that. Of course, in, but before I got that pattern, and I was raging at Lina um, for their crummy layout. I um, started looking at other patterns. And uh, two patterns uh, jumped off the page of Ravelry and went, hello, do you want to knit me? <laughs> well, they didn't say that. I don't know why they have a Cockney accent or a Mockney accent. Uh, but there are two fantastic patterns that jumped out at me. Uh, one of the patterns is a new pattern from Tin Can Knits. And I'm very grateful to Tin Can Knits for sending me um, this pattern uh, a couple of weeks ago. They're, they have had a little business honeymoon in Paris and out of that they have created a mini collection. It includes the Love Note sweater, which is the one that went, oh hello, do you want to knit me? Uh, <laughs> stop it, Louise, stop it. Uh, which... Um, is a fingering sweater held with a, uh, a strand of lace weight mohair. It's got a beautiful uh, yoke pattern. It, it hangs beautifully from the shoulders. It's circular yoke. It's um, cropped, but I think it can be made longer. It's it's drapey and airy and gorgeous. Um, so that was what popped first, because I thought it would look really nice in my used wool. Although... I don't know if I would have used used wool with mohair because the used wool is, is gorgeous enough. Um, without um, I don't think it needs 
anything adding to it. Um, but as well as the Love Note sweater, Tin Can Knits have also released the Penny sweater, which is beautiful, double knit, a V-neck sweater, uh, lace design on the front and back, and it is really, really pretty. I can imagine this cropped over a dress and I can imagine a slightly longer one um, to wear in the winter. I would probably... I mean, I know I'm going to be talking about Wensleydale for wool exploration, but I would probably think about knitting this in a Wensleydale yarn to get the sort of beautiful um, sheen that the long wool Wensleydale would give. Uh, also in this little mini uh, collection that is the Posy Shawl, which um, I think uh, that is a version which is for fingering and there is a version for worsted weight yarn which is brilliant I mean this is why I love tin can knits I think they just think of everything their sweater patterns are from baby to like 5xl and they think of everything that knitters like it's got a lovely uh, texture uh, half the shawl is sort of stocking it with some garter ridges and then it has this beautiful delicate floral lace um, uh, motif. It's a sort of shallow crescent shawl but it looks really long. <sighs> so nice. Uh, and in addition to that there is also the penny hat in this collection. And if you're very very quick uh, you get 25% off the entire bundle if you're buying all four patterns, which I think is $7. So if you add Love Note, Posy, Penny and Penny Hat to your cart, then the 25% discount comes off automatically. And um, gorgeous, absolutely gorgeous. So so yeah, when I was looking for patterns for my used wool four ply, Love Note struck the right note um and that got favorited right away and the other pattern that would be i thought would be great is a pattern from pom pom quarterly uh, it is the ellie belinda uh, sweater it was in issue 22 of pom pom quarterly which was autumn 2017 and it is a, a gorgeous uh, sweater that actually i think it says should have two to four inches of positive ease but it's quite a nice fitted sweater it's got a beautiful um geometric almost lattice like cable um across it and um it's it's really nice i and then i thought i'm gonna have a look at that because i was obviously looking on ravelry and um louise of autumn 2017 had marked the page of the ellie belinda pattern for louise of 2019 which was really really kind of her I thought um <laughs> I think when I first saw that pattern I thought it would be great for um Daughter of a Shepherd yarn so it wasn't too much of a stretch to think that um used wool Shetland uh, Scottish Merino and Alpaca would look just as great in it so those were the two that I sort of had I thought I thought when I come home from work on Monday night I'm gonna look more at those patterns and do some swatching but since then as I say I've, I've been very kindly been given the pattern for the poet sweater by Sari so 
I'm gonna be gonna be casting that on, but it's brought those two to my mind now and I feel like I need to, you know, make a plan to knit the love note and the Ellie Belinda um sweater at some point in my knitting future. Um so that is what I am t- intending to cast on. Um I do have various things on the pins. As I say, one of them I can't speak about. It's a surprise. I'm doing some Cheviot wristies just now for a sample for something I'm going to be doing later in the year. And yeah, uh, yeah. So what about you? What, what are you knitting just now? Are you getting that feeling of wanting to cast on um, a project that is a bit more toothy, i.e. something to get your teeth into? I mean, this um, poet sweater is, it has a pattern front and back, um, which is, it's got lace, it's got textured stitches, it's got uh, charted patterns incorporated into raglan shaping, but it's really, really beautiful. And it's something, as I say, that for about a year now, I've been quite excited to um, to try and try and make I mean I don't know if you're the same but I kind of every now and again I just think yeah sometimes I just need garter sometimes I just need acres of stockinette and sometimes I need something that's going to make me scratch my head a little bit and make me work for it and I and I quite like that and I think that sense of achievement is quite nice when you've done something that you've really had to learn a lot um, and and learn from when when you've knit it in a similar vein, talking about um, things to get your teeth into, Andy Satterland's outfit along is going to be kicking off on the 1st of June. Um, this is a collaboration between Andy Satterland and Lauren Taylor, who is Ladybird on Instagram. Uh, it's two L's. And um, it is an opportunity to make an entire outfit. You sew something and you knit something. Quite often in years past, it's been a particular cardigan pattern by Andy Satterland. This year, you can use a whip. So if you go to www.untangling-knots.com, That's Andy's website and there's a blog post for the Outfit Along. And it says, get ready for the Outfit Along Whip Cleanout. The Outfit Along is an annual craft along that pairs a sew along with a knit along to create a custom outfit. But this year we're shaking things up and focusing on works in progress. The goal this year will be to knit a piece and sew a piece with at least one of these being a whip Um, the outfit along starts on the 1st of June and you'll have until July 31st to complete both pieces and share a photo of them in the outfit along 2019 outfit thread on in the untangling knots group on Ravelry it says what qualifies as a whip it says we're counting projects that you've started like casting on or cutting out your fashion fabric projects that you've prepared by sewing a muslin or knitting a swatch projects that you've actively planned like picking out all of your supplies and patterns a good intention Uh, and significant alterations um, like resizing a sewing project or sweaters that need to be ripped out and started all over again with mods so there's good scope here and Andy Satterland has such a 
beautiful range of sweaters and cardigans. I know I have um, Salal cardigan waiting to be made. I have the yarn right here in the stash box waiting to be um, made into that cardigan. Um, it's a new Lanark purple yarn. And I also have purple, a darker shade of purple, wool um, fabric to make a mini skirt with. So I was going to try and make the skirt for Me Made Me, but actually it might be better to do it for the outfit along. And so there might be an Aaron cardigan getting getting cast on. Um, but it's I think it's going to be good fun. And um, I think... I really like Andy Sutherland's patterns and I'm a quite a newbie sewer so I need to find a pattern that's kind of not too advanced for me but otherwise I'm, I'm in for that I think. So that's definitely if you're a fan of a cow or any kind of make along I think that's a good one to go for. Right, let's talk about Wensleydale wool exploration. Um, as I say, if you if you have listened to this podcast or if you've read the blog over the years, I mention Wensleydale quite a lot. And oh, there's a big bumblebee at my window. Go go away, please. Thank you, thank you. Love you. Um, yeah. Uh, my first foray with Wensleydale wool was not something I enjoyed and I'll tell you a little bit about that later but I bought some Wensleydale long wool sheep shop double knit yarn at the first Edinburgh Yarn Fest. I bought two balls of it. Um, when I'd finished knitting my first me size lush I knew quite quickly that I wanted to knit another lush for me in another yarn and I swatched with that Wensleydale Longwell Sheep Shop and loved it and so I bought some more to make the cardigan with and that Lush was made in the Lush Podcal which was a podcal that I uh, participated with um, Louise of Kate and Craft, with Amy and it's been cake and with Joe from the Shiny Bees podcast and we sort of hosted a pod. Cal Safari um, and, we, and through that there was a lot of lushes made and they were all fantastic and uh, that was where my I made my lush and I wear that all the time and so I wanted to tell you a little bit about that cardigan um, this episode but just wanted to tell you a little bit about Wensleydale long wool as well uh, Wensleydale breed can be traced back to North Yorkshire and the original sire um, which is interesting in in the sheepy world. Um, it was apparently an outstanding ram called Blue Cap. Blue Cap was a Leicester mug ram. It was mated with a Teeswater Yow, though the Rare Breed Survival Trust say it was a local breed now extinct. Uh, in 1839 and in British Sheep Breeds book by Elizabeth Henson which I think was published in the 70s 
um, doesn't say, but it says that um, of the Wensleydale, uh, this Wensleydale is a fine-boned, blue-faced, luster long wool descended from the now extinct Yorkshire long wool, which is interesting. So I don't know if that's the, you know, quotes mug ram blue cap, or if that was the now extinct local breed. Uh, Henson goes on to say it produces good quantities of wool, around six kilograms, 13 pounds, of relatively high quality luster wool with a staple length of between 200 and 300 millimetres, that's 7 to 12 inches, and it is completely free of Kemp. That's important, I think, um, because uh, sometimes explorers talk about wool having Kemp, uh, but I think it's always good to note when it's when the breeds typically do not have Kemp um, because it is a very particular kind of fibre. Uh, there may be guard hairs, but guard hairs and Kemp are not the same. It says in this little British Sheep Breeds book by Elizabeth Henson that Wensleydale produced milk for the original Wensleydale cheese. Uh, and at the time of writing this book, which I now really do need to have to have a look and see when it was published. Okay, in 1986, it was first published because it says in Agriculturally, the Wensleydale is best known as the father of the Massam, which is really interesting because, as you will remember, a few months ago when we did Teeswater, uh, we discovered that one of the primary uses of the Teeswater is to be the Massam sire. So I think we will have to look at Massam in the future because that's really interesting that it's gone from being created of a Wensleydale uh, to being created of a of a um, Teeswater. You may be forgiven for not knowing your Wensleydale from your Teeswater. The sheep are very similar looking. Wensleydales can have a sort of a mottled face whereas Teeswater have um, sort of black eyes and a black nose. Um, but really, they look very similar with their beautiful, long, ringlety fleeces. Sheep can grow to about 140 kilograms. And as well as having those beautiful curls, they are distinctive in that they have blue skin on their heads and ears, probably where Blue Cap got his name. And more, and more about the fleece, well, Wensleydales are predominantly white, but there are black colours and grey colours within the breed. Now, I have not got confirmation of this yet, but I will put it in the Knit British Ravelry group when I get what I'm about to say confirmed or denied. But I can remember having a conversation with Felix Ford a few years ago about Wensleydales. And I, we were talking about um, black Wensleydale and that I'd seen black Wensleydale wool was uh, advertised as rare um, but I have seen black Wensleydales I've seen brown Wensleydales um, I we started having a conversation about that because I didn't think that black Wensleydale was all that rare and even so not all that black because there are very few sheep that can produce um, a true black fleece but out of that conversation, she said, but did you know that grey Wensleydales are a total gift? Um, because they have, this is the bit that needs confirmation. 
Um, but it's thought that they have, Wensleydales have this recessive gene that every now and again you get a silver grey Wensleydale lamb and you never know when it's going to happen. It can just occur um, and their total gift. And she had learned that from Julia Desch, who keeps uh, Wensleydales. And uh, I emailed Julia just to see if she could shed any light on that. But it was just the other week um, when I was sort of researching this. And she's not come back to me yet. So I'd like to have that confirmed. Um, but I just love that, that it's sort of the idea that it's a gift because you just don't know when you're going to get it. And um, it can make the most incredible yarn. Yes, natural colours, some some being considered rare, but a lot of the ones you'll see um, are white. And um, again, a long staple. The micron range is between 30 to 36 microns. Um, and again, it, there's no kemp. So what you have is a soft, silky, pearlescent, lustrous fleece. 30, obviously, micron range uh, is that um, place on the micron range where fibres become less bendy and a little more crisp uh, and likely to push against the skin rather than bend against the skin. So some uh, knitters or wearers may, with sensitive skin may find Wensleydale is not the best against the skin. However... I would disagree because I just think it's awesome. This is a very desirable long wool breed. And if you've only ever knit with long wool like Blueface Lester, um, I would urge you to try Wensleydale because it's quite different um, in a lot of ways. Wensleydale are a rare breed. They are on the uh, Rare Breed Survival Trust watch list they are at risk um that means that there are between 900 and 1500 breeding ewes registered um and sorry i, I slightly pause there because i'm looking at the wensleydale page on the rare breed survival trust website and it said did you know it is said that the wool that falls from between the ears and across the face on a Wensleydale is known as the topping and was developed to allow the quality of the fleece to be easily judged. How interesting that that was something that was bred into the breed. Um, oh, look, now, I should have looked at this website first, shouldn't I? Because it says here that there is a separate section in the breed register for black Wensleydales, which comes in colours ranging from jet black through to silver grey. The tips of the coloured fleeces, whether to ginger or cream. That's really interesting. So that gives a little bit more information about those different colours. Sorry, the cat's jumping up on something. Yeah, so that is, that is very interesting that there is a different section in the breed register. It doesn't give us any more information about the fact that um, what causes that rare uh, colouring, but it does give a little information about why black Wensleydale can be described as rare as well. So that's really, really interesting. And really interesting that it says ranging from jet black, because as I say, um, there aren't a lot of breeds in the UK that grow a pure black fleece. 
So I, I need to look further into that, don't I? A little bit of homework for oneself. So when you see Wensleydale, again, it's always... Yeah, going on from what I was talking about last episode, it's always good to feel like you're doing your bit by buying wool from a breed that's at risk and and creating something with that and having that sort of, as well as supporting it in yarn form, having that flag to fly in that finished object and say this is a rare breed. Um. So my my Wensleydale Lush. If you've seen pictures of me, I'm probably wearing it. I wear it a lot. I would say that it's my most worn piece of knitwear. I have it here on the on the back of my chair, um, which is dreadful. I probably shouldn't have things hanging on the back of chairs. Um, by worn, I I mean that I wear it a lot, but I don't mean I mean worn in. I guess um, you know you can't really I suppose wear something without wearing it in. But I I suppose I don't mean worn out. I I mean that it's continue to look and feel good uh, in the wearing and it's really become almost like second skin um, to me. Um, I've long used this cardigan as an example to those who think that Wensleydale is not soft against the skin. Uh, of course we know that everyone feels wool differently um, and everyone has a different skin receptors but I've always been very keen to show that just because one yarn has a halo it doesn't mean that it's going to be too crisp to wear and again that micron range it does tip it into the the range where the fibers are less bendy but that doesn't it doesn't necessarily mean that we should discount it out of hand this is my description of knitting with Wensleydale long wool sheep shop uh for the first time and this is how i found that it worked on my lush and this is me quoting myself now from August 2014. The wool has a slight crisp feel to it, to the initial touch, but it is quite soft work and contrary to some reviews I've read, it is not an abrasive yarn at all. Some people who do not do well wearing wool next to the skin may want to avoid it, but as I said on the podcast, wool isn't made of nettles. You may have an aversion or a wool allergy, but if you can, why not give different breed yarns a try? You might be surprised. Hmm, looks like I've been banging that drum for a few years. Um, I went on to say, I love how it's knitting up. I also really like that slight woolly halo on the yarn. I think it's going to make a very snuggly garment. I had heard someone comment that they thought Wensdale wool felt it as they knit with it. I'm not quite sure if this is down to the kind of twist or ply on their particular yarn, but I couldn't spit splice this yarn for love nor money. Um, I, I know that all wool does felt, um, but I've had no trouble with this particular brand. I will let you know how the finished object washes. Well, let's have a chat about that now, since I've worn it and washed it uh, over uh, the last five years. How has it worn? Well, you you know, if you've heard me talk about this cardigan before, you'll have heard me say that it hardly ever pills. And that is true. I cross my arms a lot. I have a lot of action. Usually uh, on garments, uh, particularly woolen spun garments, I end up with a lot of pilling around the chest, around the underarms and around about the hem where the, the hem is sort of rubbing against my jeans. It does 
every now and again have an odd hill that just pulls off. The place that this appears most is indeed on the bottom hem. Uh, and actually it's more inside the garment than outside. It's where my... I should take photos of this while I'm talking about it. Let me put the light on. Yeah, it's more on the inside. Um, and there are a couple of pills. Obviously just where the cardigan is rubbing against um, my butt or my jeans. So let's see. Um, so I get the odd pills there that I just put. And they just pull off. I think it's due to that halo um, because this is a worsted spun yarn so um, worsted spinning obviously keeps all of the fibres in the lock aligned it keeps the sort of luster but it does give uh, a halo of fibres I'm kind of looking at the pictures of me knitting this and you know I wouldn't say that the halo is overly pronounced after years of wearing, uh, possibly more in those areas where I would normally find pilling, like in the chest, yeah, I suppose it is slightly longer halo there, and in the button band, the halo is fluffed up a little, but there are no pills there. Um, under the arms, that is definitely a place where I normally find pills, and on this lush cardigan, is that a pill? No, actually that's a pearl stitch. Interesting. I've got a pearl stitch there. <laughs> the things you find when you look closely at your knitwear after five years. What has happened at the, um, the join between the sleeve and the body is that there is a bit of um, flattening of the fibre uh, halo going on and there is a bit of felting there. And I'll take a picture of that. So funny, if I put these pictures up, people are like, why has she got a picture of her keyboard in the background? But I'm actually taking the pictures as I tell you about it. Um, in terms of luster, it's it's as lustrous as it, same as it ever was, same as it ever was. Um, <laughs> as Talking Head said, um, it's, it's, the luster is still there. It's still more than evident. I think... When I see pictures of myself in this cardigan, I always see that luster first. I see that shine. Um, and that has not degraded any over the years. Um, over the lace yoke of, of the lush cardigan, well, again, maybe just over the front uh, chest, there is a slight more, slightly more elongation and fluffing of the halo. But it doesn't detract from the lace motif. It's a leaf motif at all. Um, and on the back, where I, where I, in the summertime, last summer I pretty much wore this cardigan as a jacket because I never managed to find a light summer jacket that I like. And I wear a backpack. So um, the I, would, I did expect there to be a few pills after last summer on the back of this. Um, let's have a look. Okay, so there is a slight uh, couple of patches where um, that halo is feathering. But again, I wouldn't necessarily say it was pilling. Um, I will take a picture. So, so yeah, again, but uh, back near the butt where my bottom of my bag would be hitting, there is again a slight lifting of that halo 
but it's it's the halo and it's not um, pilling of the fabric itself if that makes sense it's very hard to des describe um, what I can tell you about uh, is something that's really interesting on the underarms so as I said that's about the only place that I ever find pills um, uh, is the underarm because obviously there's a lot of action that goes on there a bit of friction and that is a place where it, it's not pills like bobbles. It's like um, like a lifting of fluff, which sort of just comes off in, a, in little tufts. But what has happened is in the area directly under my, um, where, where my muscles would be if I had any, <laughs> there, is, uh, there is very little halo on on that now it's like all of the halo on that fiber has lifted off it's wearing um it's not too thin but it definitely has a different texture to the rest of the fabric so i'm going to take a picture of that so that's that's thinning and i think that you know another year or so of you know the kind of constant wear. I mean, I wear this at least once a week. Um, I think I might need to be thinking about um reinforcing that somehow, or you know maybe even just knitting a new sleeve. But ultimately, what's going to happen is that the area of the sweater. Um, sort of directly under that so under my arm on the body is going to wear thin as well isn't it um, at some point so it's one of those moments isn't it with our hand knitted items where we start to you know we've we've had a it, it, it has a long life I mean Wensdale I would say has a, has a good shelf life but nothing is going to last forever um, and I'm sort of already thinking about what I might do um, to sort of either um, fix or frog or reinforce um, bits of the the cardigan where where it may need it. But you know, you I say that, but you have to look quite closely to be able to see that. And I'm not walking around with my arms up, going, "Hey, look at the, look at my bingo wing here. It's got it's got it's wearing a bit thin now." Um, but all in all, I'm so incredibly delighted with how well my Wensdale long wool sheep shop cardigan has has um, has has lasted and worn. I get such a lot of compliments on it still. Um, the buttons uh, I got are from um, Textile Garden, and in fact, the one, two, three, four, five, six button down has been hanging ominously for about a year and a half. And people keep saying, Louise, you really must sew that button back on. But it's actually, I'm going to say this now, I'm going to regret it, aren't I? Because it's actually really, when I sew buttons on, they're sort of welded on. So yeah, I mean, I have got, as I say, sort of constant wear out of this. And I found that just by wearing it, um, it's, I mean, it was always soft to me, but it's softened considerably. Um, I just love this this halo, and I even love how it feathers up. That it, 
you know, some people have looked at that cardigan and I've looked at that halo and I've gone thinking it's going to be, it's going to be crispy. It's going to be not nice to wear next to the skin. And I've given them to the, to wear and it's, you know, they've had to sort of eat the words a little bit. However, I should say, while I've talked about how minimal the pilling is on my cardigan, the lovely Julia Stumpy brought me her Wensdale wool cardigan um, to show me. And she has a cardigan knit in the Aran weight. This is the double knit weight. And she'd said to me, oh, she's, you always say about your cardigan not having pills. She's about my Wensdale cardigan has a lot of pills on it. And she brought it to show me, and it does. It is, it is, it has a lot of pilling on it. So that was really interesting to me, and that is, I suppose, further proof that breed wool is not homogenous, and spun in different preparations, spun in different weights, spun in different methods, it's going to create a different yarn. And then how you knit it as well could possibly have something to do with that. Now I have quite a tight gauge. Um, my cardigan got a really nice drape lengthwise. It's got it knitted. It's got great strength, um, great stretch widthways. I mean, this is quite a fitted cardigan, um, and it buttons up beautifully. It's got a, it's got lovely stretch in it. But I have heard people feel that it's quite limp yarn, and again, I think it depends on 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 individual findings. Sorry, my cat is doing. What are you doing? Jeremy is, let's just take a small Jeremy podcast pause here to tell you. Get out of the bin. Jeremy wants to tell you that she had to go to the vet last week um, for her regular thyroid checkup. And the thyroid thing is doing good, isn't it? Yes. But the vet said that Jeremy Jean has to get two teeth out. And she's not very happy about that prospect. It's not happened yet, but it's going to be happening soon. So send all your good thoughts to Jeremy Jean and her teeth. Her very expensive teeth that need to come out, don't they? Yes, they do. You're a good girl though, aren't you? Go down. And after that little Jeremy interlude where she's left her cat hair all over the microphone... Let's now go over and see what you guys thought of Wensadale um, this month. There was a great chat in the Knit British Ravelry group about Wensadale. I'm very grateful to everybody who stopped by to talk about their findings of Wensadale. Um, it was nice that people stopped by who weren't taking part in the exploration road test but wanted to say um, what they'd made. Dr. Saz Mack, who did also take part in the wool exploration. I think the first time we've had someone taking part in wool exploration with a knitting machine, more on that later, but she knit the Booster Beanie in um, Wensadale Long Wool Sheep Shop and wanted to take part because of her findings with that. And Mel Broomhanger uh, wanted to tell us about her Zvig um, sweater that she knit um, with uh, Wensadale as well. So that was really nice. And then uh, Kathy's Knitting 2 
says she recently discovered Wednesday Dough Yarn and absolutely loved it. It's soft and fluffy and luster and halo are amazing. Uh, and because it's got a long staple, it's uh, very strong. She had to use scissors to cut it because she couldn't break it with her hands. So it's really nice um, for, for Kathy's Knitting too to pop in and talk about um, her experiences as well. Um, but we did have uh, some Wool Explorers. We had Rose Hip 71 uh, Welcome to you. I think this is your first Wool Exploration. We had Practical Cat, Erica Eccles. We had Becky P. We had Dr. Saz Mac. We had Dry Gardening. We had uh, Drain Old One. And we had Wooly Ellie. And the yarns being used uh, this time were uh, Wednesdale Long Wool Sheep Shop, Blacker, Ilkit Hall, Black Bat, Home Farm Wednesdales, and then we also had some hand spinning going on as well. I should say that um, I think I started off by saying that there are Wednesdale yarns that I'm kind of fussy about, and I really do prefer a worsted spun, then semi-worsted, um, sort of a close second. I did try woolen spun Wednesdale once, and that was the first one I tried, and... I, I, I didn't like it. Woolen spinning is where the wool goes through a carding process. So a carder has lots of teeth on it, which essentially tear the fibres up and out of alignment. Worsted spinning, as I've already said, retains the alignment of the fibres um, by combing them, which is just the process that I prefer. I prefer the yarn that comes out of that. The first yarn that I used um, was a woolen spun that came from Blacker and it it was not nice and it reminded me of eyelash yarn um, and so when I discovered the worsted spun variety I was hooked. Um, I think everybody here uh, in our <coughs> wool exploration is using worsted or, or semi-worsted. Um, so let's see what they thought of the hand squish grab. Rosehip71 was working with Wensleydale Long Wool Sheep Shop double knit she said my first observation on unwrapping the tissue paper was that the yarn was lustrous and pearly it was silky and shiny and smooth i bought two balls of natural yarn which smelled pleasantly sheepy however the dyed yarn did not uh, practical cat uh, was uh, knitting with a worsted spun blacker double knit and she said the yarn is a complex mix of mid to light brown with grey shades. Really beautiful. It's worsted spun, so not much bounce or stretch. It has a halo, quite fluffy, but very soft when the ball is held against the cheek. She said, I think it will drape well. Erica Eccles was using Ilkitz Hall 4-ply. She says the yarn was sold as a skein rather than a ball and immediately I thought of how glossy and golden it was, like clotted cream, proper, proper Rapunzel locks, very, very drapey. Uh, when the skein is unfurled, it looked like unbraided hair, very loosely spun, silky feel. It looks so delicate and not wooly at all. Instead, it's like thistle down, not squishy, but nice to stroke. Uh, it's my wool kitten, she says. A beautiful flow of fibre, so perhaps it would be best suited to a shawl. 
Becky P was knitting with the Black Bat for Ply Wensdale, and she said her initial thoughts were slight sheepy smell, smooth through the hands with a slight halo, feels strong when tugged, not soft when rubbed against my cheek, reminds me of the tea's water, and I understand that they are related. She says, I like this yarn. Dr. Sazmak, um, who I think might have been, this might also be her first wool exploration. She was using Wensdale Long Wool Sheep Shop in the four ply. She says, dry, lustrous, silky, thinking drapey lace that wants a bit of structure, perhaps a lace cardigan. Dry gardening was using uh, yarn from Home Farm Wensleydale. She says it had a moderately shiny surface which felt silky smooth despite long fibres extending here and there from the surface. Wound into a cake easily. Very low elasticity evidence. Um, hmm. I immediately think of lace applications when I handle and feel this yarn. Drainold one with hand-spun lace that she um, spun from UK Wensdale from Witchwood on Etsy. She said, the combed worsted ball, compressed, uh, of course, but I felt the dense spring of the singles. The flicked worsted ball was softer, denser strings, not as palpable. There is a halo in both, so I expect the stitch definition will be hazy, but the singles are pretty. Uh, she was also knitting with uh, U.S. Wensleydale uh, that she got the fleece from Florida and she hand spun it, worsted spun. She said thumb wound ball was gleaming with a pearly luster, soft halo, soft hand. And she says softer than my teaswater experiences. Squish felt like squeezing a coil of a fuzzy version of that teensy throwaway light airline headphone wire uh, resistant to deforming the sides of the ball yarn fibre sliding at an angle to escape the pressure Willie Ellie uh, said of her hand spun um, from fleece that she was gifted uh, very little squish but so silky and soft with such a sheen the pattern came straight to mind the pattern that she uh, made was the ice queen shawl by Romy Hill so what about their observances when swatching? Well, Rose Hip with the Wensleydale Long Wool Double Knit. Uh, she made an Age of Brass and Steam shawl. She said, I'm a loose knitter and I found the yarn a little slippery at first just because its texture was so unlike yarn that I've previously knit with. Uh, but it didn't split at all, she said. Practical Cat Kate said... Uh, Knits up beautifully with a halo. The stocking stitch is a shining river and the garter is a fluffy shimmering cloud. It uh, feels very soft. Nice stitch definition on the twisted stitch cables. And that is a blacker uh, double knit worsted that she was knitting with. Erica Eccles with her Ilkitz Hall four ply said, to be honest, I was a bit worried about how loosely this fibre was spun. The plied yarn looks like two separate strands of fibre, barely any twist in the singles, then just the lightest of twist um, in the two plies. Although the fabric feels quite fragile, it looks very pretty. The texture stitches weren't so great. Poor definition and stocking stitch was only okay. But once I started knitting lace, it was a different story and the garter stitch looked great too. 
I did need to keep an eye on how many stitches I had as the looseness of the yarn meant my needles wanted to separate the plies, pointy needles to be avoided with the Ilkert's Hall. Uh, Becky P, she was knitting with uh, Black Bat for Ply Wensadale. She said, I enjoyed working with this. It was smooth through the hands, easy to work with, feels light and airy. Swatch has a nice drape. Dr. Saz Mack uh, on her uh, machine, uh, a brother, KH891 standard gauge. She said this is quite thick and fluffy wool to put through the machine. It is uh, Wensleydale long wool four ply. She says ribbing is great, stocking it smooth and well defined. Lace was an absolute pig. Splitting meant the stitches didn't transfer properly at the first time around. I had to check every transfer uh, to get it to work properly. However, it looks absolutely beautiful. The stitch definition and the silky luster suit the yarn and the process. Dry Gardening said that the home farm Wensleydale felt smooth and comfortable to manipulate in the pattern stitches despite low elasticity. Fairly low stitch but the long wool fibres have held together beautifully and seem strong. Working in the yarn gave me a chance to really observe the long wool fibres close up which seems so distinctive as if knitting with hair. Longish, low curl fibres extend from the yarn surface without shedding. A very stray bit of white kemp is easy to remove. Moderate luster, attractive undyed brown tones. Stitch definition, low to moderate, unblocked swatch exhibits significant drape. Uh, well, that kemp is probably not kemp and possibly um, guard hair. But that's really interesting to see how the home farm Wensleydale knit up. Drain old one with her her lace weight, UK Wensleydale. Neither prep was elastic, so tensioning was a bit fussy. Fibres were not fragile, though fairly fine for long wool, uh, but softly spun to minimise fibric biasing. Therefore, the yarn sometimes lost twist when large loops and tendrils of halo uh, grabbed adjacent fibres and hung on like wisteria vine, accelerating the loss of twist when unknitting to correct mistakes. So soft feel with hints of prickle, though not elastic like or not like cotton string either. Uh, with her US Wensleydale, uh, Drainold said, knitting with moonbeams, big halo, soft twist, so like teaswater, was a bit like knitting with silk embroidery floss. When it untwisted, it became easy to split. Long amplitude crimp and heavy fibre, so stockinette looked a bit like chain mail. Uh, and when the bend in the fibre coincided with a stitch ringlet here and there, the stitch bubbled up with extra energy. There was enough stiffness in the heavy fibres that the swatch was almost a tube just off the needles. Wooly Ellie, with her hand-spun four-ply, she said very slick through the fingers, silky soft yet hairy, caught often on rough patches on my hands. Uh, so with their swatches knit, of course, we do two wash, block and wear tests. Rosehip 71 soaked her uh, Wednesday long wheel sheep shop double knit 
for four hours in Yuslan, warm water, gentle agitation. Squeeze in a towel and then pressed into shape with my fingers and dried flat. No change in the original dimensions. The yarn bloomed when dry so that the shorter hairs appeared like an aura. It felt softer and fluffier. My daughter and work colleague both said, ooh, soft when they stroked it. I wore the shawl, that was the age of brass and steam, around my neck all day and hardly noticed it apart from its warmth. I couldn't feel it at all at my hip, chest or waist. The only place I couldn't wear it was inside of my wrist as it irritated and felt prickly. Um, that is really interesting. And again, so good to try wearing it all those places. It's really interesting that you didn't feel it around your neck, but felt it at your forearm. Sometimes it's the other way around, but I just think that's really amazing. Thank you for giving it such a good wear test. Practical Cat uh, soaked her uh, blacker double knit worsted. She soaked it, blocked it and wore it. Um, she, it was blocked to 17 by 18 centimetres um, after blocking. She said, great stitch definition, wore inside my bra and inside my waistband. Felt a bit ir irritating, so after 20 minutes I removed it. It feels fine against my arms, so I think this would be ideal for a sweater or a cardigan over a thin layer. Lovely drape, feels soft and light. Thank you so much for that, uh, Practical Cat. Uh, Erica Eccles, um, her swatch grew a little bit in size after washing. She says, but I could have blocked it open even more, but I was unsure about the delicateness of the fibre. There's a beautiful haze of silk-like fibres, which seem to glow with light. There's that aura again. Uh, the lace stitches were very pleasing to look at. I pinned the swatch across my chest and wasn't aware of it apart from when I was having a hot flush and those wispy fibres became very ticklesome. Next day I wore it pinned in my dress so my arms would rub against it. At the end of the day there was definite wool bunnies where it was pilling, not in the lace but in the stocking stitch. That's interesting, I'm going to come back to that. Uh, Becky P soaked her swatch, uh, black bat for ply, in Ucelan for 30 minutes, blocked it to 17.5 centimetres square. Uh, but she says this was overdoing it slightly in terms of um, the, the size. Worn under the bra for the day and for, uh, I've forgotten about it in moments apart from it being a, leaving a warm patch. She said the swatch is in good condition at the end of the day, reshaped after gentle smoothing out. Dr. Sazmak with her Wensleydale machine knit. She says, first walk, wash and block. Very great difference in gauge on the fair aisle. Seems to be very sticky and forms a dense fabric at 27 stitches and 29 stitches to the row. Won't block beyond this. Lace will block to, uh, to 20 stitches uh, to 28 uh, row stitches. Won't stretch lengthwise in the row. This makes sense. She says, I recommend uh, testing row gauge exactly when using Wensleydale uh, wool. She says she wore it on, a on her hip all day skiing. No pilling, maintained definition, and she did not notice it at all. Dry gardening. She said, started with a very warm water soak for approximately two hours. Water rinse clear. Uh, this is the home farm Wensleydale's. Swatched relaxed. It was easily block, 
block held perfectly when released from the pins. She said there was a moderate luster, longish fibres visible on the surface and edges, very significant drape after blocking, worn directly against the chest for a day whilst engaged in usual activities with a lot of movement. Um, she says, I noticed the swatch intermittently throughout the day with slight prickle at such times. For me, this yarn would work best in a second layer uh, and in outer layer applications. Drano Old One with her Wensleydale from the UK hand spun lace weight. She said, soaked in Usulan per the label. She says, side note, my one pint bottle of Usulan has lasted for a year now. Yeah, it lasts a long time. Um, she Rung it out, uh, rinsed it out in a salad spinner, rolled it in a towel, pinned it out flat to open up the lace and to tidy the stockinette. She says, I just shaped the rib to keep it corrugated. And she says it air dried in a climate controlled home. And um, both swatches that she prepared uh, were worn on either side of a brass strap on the front shoulder and chest. Not prickly at first, but some prickle shortly uh, developed and stayed. Uh, this is her hand spun with uh, Wensleydale from uh, America. She says, washed it in Usulan as per label, spun out, pressed into a towel, pinned it out. Fibres are large and worsted spun, not much air in the ply. Drying takes longer than crimpier fibre. Uh, Willie Ellie with her... Um, four ply hand spun uh, soaked in Usulan overnight dried flat yarn felt the same fabric flattened a little worn for over a week including in bed go you guys who swatch you wear your swatches in bed I, I love that you're so committed to the challenge uh, looks like the uh, looks like knitted wire feels like a shower puff a satsuma net waxy noodly great stiff great stitch definition uh, and springy when squeezed the stitch haven't stitches haven't completely relaxed they still have a lot of structure going on uh, which gives surface texture saying all this it is incredibly keep head button the mic it is incredibly Soft and silky, feels very different to how it looks. After substantial wear, perhaps a hint of halo. Everybody noticing that halo and very pleased to see everybody mentioning how light it is and how light it can be and how it has an aura about it in terms of a halo. I love that. Um, that description. So second wash block and wear, um, Rosehip 71 soaked her swatch in woolite for an hour, then rinsed and left in plain water for four hours, agitated, rubbed and squeezed, left it to dry flat in the radiator without blocking out, no change in size. The swatch was even softer, even fluffier, minor loss of stitch definition. It retained luster in spite of the increased bloom. Again, I couldn't feel it at my neck, hip, waist or chest and forgot that it was stuffed into my trousers and bra until I undressed later. That is what happens to so many of us wool explorers. Uh, she says, I could tolerate it this time when it was tucked in my sleeve, although I was aware of it with a ticklish feeling. Again, this is why we do more than one wash block and wear to look at how it changes with each wash, with each block, with each wear. 
um, that is really, really interesting to know that you had less pricklish sensation with it the second time around, Rose Hip 71. Uh, practical Cat, with her second wash block and wear, she put the wool wash, she put it in a wool wash with other woolies, 25 degrees on a 600 RPM spin with e-cover non-bio laundry liquid. She says it looks great. No pilling, even after rubbing vigorously. This is the Blacker Yarns um, double knit. Blocked it to 17 by 18 centimetres again. Beautiful luster and cables standing out. Wore inside my bra for an hour. Was okay, but slightly aware of it. Skin slightly red when it was removed. This is overly extremely sensitive skin, so I would be happy to wear this as a cardigan or sweater or over a vest top or t-shirt. So even somebody that's got quite sensitive skin can still say they can wear it just as a second layer. Erica Eccles uh, said with her ilk, ilks, I can't say that, Ilkitz, Ilkitz Hall, Wensleydale for apply, uh, use slightly hotter water with a second wash, this time with a non-bubble wool wash. The swatch fuzzed in the water where before it did not, rolled to dry in a towel, the haze over the stitches seemed much more noticeable and I pinned it out to dry. Wore pinned under the arm. It is not pilling, but it's lifting. Uh, the fibres are lifting. That's kind of how I described my cardigan earlier. Just because they are long um, fibres, you can't really pull them off. You kind of need to tease them out. However, this is much less noticeable over the lace stitches. They are like the fanfare by handle. And at the end of the day, I gave the swatch some vigorous rubbing, which helped lift up the fibres and ease those fluffy bits off. Yes, I totally concur with that. Like I said with my cardigan, it's not really bubbles in terms of pills. It's like it just lifts off. I have a few pairs of socks with blue face lester in them and that happens at the heel as well it's just like they they lift off in a little mat rather than than a than a little bobble becky p soaked her uh, black bat natural four ply yarn uh, swatch in uselan for 30 minutes blocked 16 centimeters square this time and wore it on hip for a day again forgotten about in moments apart from the warmth in the area Again, just a gentle smoothing out to shape at the end of the day was all that it needed. Dr. Sazmak with her machine knit swatches, she said, uh, not really changed from the first blocking, still looks good. Uh, it gave it quite uh, additional scrubbing and it stands up well. Worn on the shoulder all day skiing, did not notice it uh, other than it was warm. And that was the Wednesday long wool four ply that she was using. Dry gardening, her second wash block and wear while she tossed it in with a load of laundry, top loading machine, usual laundry detergent, 19 minutes agitation hot water wash, two cold water rinses, tumble dry for one and a half hours, no heat. Big changes, she says. Distortion, surface very fuzzy overall, holes in lace still visible but tightened up and fuzzy and fuzzed over softened up um, approximately 30.6% decrease widthwise and almost 40% decrease um, length from the block swatch dimensions. 
wore directly against the skin for a day, engaging in household chores and outdoor activities, felt softer and more comfortable next to my sensitive skin, uh, so not noticeable as it was in wear test one, uh, but she still says second and outer layer garments would be best for her. Doreen Old won um, with her uh, UK Wensleydale handspun lace. Uh, second wash block and wear was again Usalan, same drying scheme. Still needed to be pinned out to open up the, la- the lace. Um, and she says that part of that is because that her lace weights are singles and they're not ply, they're not tamed by a ply. Otherwise, would have been more like uh, just the just knit size. Not much change in feel from the first wear. One sw- swatch was worn in the sleeve near the wrist and the other under the bra strap, then swap positions. For both combed and flicked swatches, the fainter prickle in the sleeve um, seemed very slightly less prickly on the shoulder this time. I also worn an ankle and forgot the swatch was there. So maybe good socks, uh, Deborah, perhaps. Um, in her... Uh, US Wensleydale which was a hand spun fingering she said really rough hand wash in hot water in Usalan this teased a bit more halo out but the stitches still won't relax so the overall feel is similar to pre-wash and then she says update once wearing it it does feel softer I think that's the halo and also snugger oddly Uh, it's starting to get a little bit of a boucle vibe Mm. Hmm, very interesting. Uh, Wooly Ellie. No second wash block and wear for Wooly Ellie. Well, that's a shame. Um, so after those wash block and wear, let's see if there was anyone who did a third wash block and wear. Erica Eccles, whether Ilkitz Hall, four ply, worsted spun. She said, I used even hotter water this time and a posh hand soap, then rubbed the swatch rather roughly on itself. Left the swatch in the water for two hours. It looked pretty dreadful when it came out, but once patted dry and then pinned out, it looked a lot better. Uh, the bits that have pilled are like tiny feathers. The stocking stitches showing streaky horizontal feathers of fluff. But oh, those lace stitches. She says, like a French French chef doing a finger ear kiss. Mwah. She says, the garter stitch has also rested and the feathery... Uh, the garter stitch has also resisted the feathery pilling. Uh, it did not shrink either, considering that was a hotter, more vigorous wash. Uh, Dry Gardening also did a third wash block and wear, uh, again with the uh, swatch in the top loading machine with usual detergent and agitation, two cold water rinses and a tumble dry with no heat, more distortion and tightening, very fuzzed surface, uh, stitch definition close to obliterated, uh, softer than post second wash, 22% 22% decrease widthwise and 24.5% decrease lengthwise. Um, and she said, uh, worn directly against the chest for a day, engaging in household and outdoor activities, softer this time around and no discomfort noticeable. It's so interesting. Thank you for to Erica uh, Eccles and Dry Gardening for doing that further um, test. It's always good to know um, how it continues and perhaps it will be interesting um, to revisit Wensleydale wool exploration uh, you know a few months from now or a year from now and I'll get you to wash your swatches again and, and report back on, on if there are any changes 
So post-test thoughts, what did everyone think? Well, Rosehip71 said, um, when knit on larger needles, the fabric drapes beautifully. However, it looks lovely in a highly textured pattern. It is warm and cosy. She says, I'm knitting some thick colourwork socks in the natural double knit grey. Uh, and cream that's uh, Wednesday along the sheep shop which is bizarrely the only thing I would want knitted in this yarn is wrist warmers <laughs> which is hilarious considering she just said um, that after the first wash block and wear um, she couldn't wear it on her wrists but that's really good again it, get, it goes to show that it changes our expectations and that the first wash block and wear isn't necessarily going to be how it's going to look and feel a few wash block and wears down the line. Uh, Ruth Rosehip71, I look forward to hearing uh, in the future about how your wrist warmers are wearing. Practical Cat said, very versatile, it drapes well, has lovely stitch definition. It's hard wearing, but also comfortable against all but the most sensitive skin. Um, she says, I love this beautiful yarn. She was using Blacker Yarns Natural Double Knit Worsted Spun. Erica Eccles said I was really very pleasantly surprised with this yarn it was something that I had in my stash from the first series of British Breed Swatching but was worried about how fragile it felt from seeing how those lace stitches held up and I was pretty vigorous when I rubbed it with a hot, with soap and hot water um, I'd say this would be perfect for a lace jumper um, Think thinking of those ones by Francesca Hughes maybe not something that you would wear every day Oh, I'm going to have to say a crease shawl, aren't I? Yes, um, Erica Eccles has probably knit the most crease shawls by Carrie Westman ever. Um, she said, when I bought this back in the autumn of 2015, it didn't have a ball band. But looking at the website, um, they do come with a ball band now. The weight of the skein was 100 grams and I had 270 metres. Wraps per inch vary between 15 to 17. I wouldn't want to use this very pointy needles with this as the twist of the ply is very loose. And she said it was spun at Griffith Mill and thank you for making me get curious about local wool that is local to me. This is maybe 15 miles away from me. That's amazing. Um, thank you for looking into that and being even more intrepid in your exploration of this breed. Becky P said she really enjoyed this yarn. While using it, I kept thinking about the tea's water. And when I checked, I found they were related. Although um, this doesn't have the shine of my tea's water swatch, I would happily use this again and I would wear it next to my skin. I think mittens, hat or jumper would be great in Wensleydale yarn. Dr. Saz Max says, I'm going to use this for a work cardigan and I will have, it will have enough structure to hold its shape but show the lace off nicely. Um, she was uh, using Wednesday Long Wheel Sheep Shop 4-ply in her knitting machine. And thank you, Dr. Saz Max, for being perhaps the first wool explorer to um, have a machine knit item in our wool exploration. That's really great. We talk about wool having a feel, having a squish. We talk about wool being knit up into a swatch or crocheted into a swatch and how um, feel changes when it comes to the different structures that we make into. And it's really interesting to add machine knit into that structure. So thank you very much. Dry Gardening said of her home farm, Wensleydale, significant drape, moderate but attractive 
luster, beautiful natural brown tones, good for a second um, or outer layer, excellent fooling and felting possibilities, great for lace pattern, lots of character, low elasticity, seems durable, took a lot to pull a piece apart lengthwise until it finally snapped, yarn is overall very attractive and interesting, probably good for warp, although I did not yet experiment um, as to how it would stand up to abrasion um, in moving the reed and uh, or heddle in the loom that's really interesting thank you very much for that dry gardening deborah with her uk wensdale said for outerwear and blending sweater or shawl wovens or knitted socks hats gloves and mittens i would use this again where i wanted the underlying wavy haloed surface some strength and sheen in a long fiber less likely to pill. My small lace pattern was indistinct. Large lace patterns by others had a misty Victorian look. My mini cable pattern was pretty invisible. Um, she said of her US Wednesday deal, this is a very strong fibre. I think it would be good to try and blend it with a crimpier fibre for socks somehow. Either literally blend it or hold the crimpy strand with a Wensleydale strand uh, and use the overfold spin for elasticity. Better as plied yarn. By itself, there will be some halo, but pills would be very unexpected because of the fibre length. Hats, gloves with attention to sizing, but because the fibre doesn't stretch. Outerwear, uh, and this would also make striking pillows. I would go as far to say that it, it might not stretch lengthways, but actually I have had no problem with finding Wensleydale to stretch widthways. As I said, my cardigan is a very um, fitted type of cardigan um, and I have quite a large bust and it stretches beautifully um, widthways so maybe it's just about trying different yarns to see what you kind of get out of your knitted structure and Willie Ellie she said she found Wensleydale to be highly unusual but delightful I'd love to try some lace that could be given a real stern blocking and it would be lovely for an heirloom lace shawl or blanket um, she also added spinning notes. It was a lamb's fleece that she spun from brushed lock. She said, I expected to use my regular flyer for this, but I tried on a 12 to 1 uh, ratio on the fast flyer. It drafts such lengths at a time, uh, meaning fast, that she had to go up to a 17 uh, to 1 ratio, an inchworm it, or it had no twist at all. It drafts thin so easily, so I went with it. Uh, plied... It looked nice, super overplied. I hope it will calm after washing. Update, it didn't. Took dye like a dream. Got a lovely deep orange red. Um, thank you for adding those spinning notes. And let's think about preparation and, and plying here. Um, because as I um, said, um, Wensleydale does better in a worsted or semi-worsted preparation but there have been and possibly still are woolen spun um, Wensleydale's yarns out there um, the fleece and fibre source book says that uh, Wensleydale can benefit from a very low twist to re retain the luster and the quality of the, the locks you get the most out of the length and the texture. I think that's what's gone on with Erica Eccles, Elkett Hall, Wensleydale. I think it's been spun just to keep enough twist in it so that 
your the mill gets the most out of the fleece. Um, I think overspinning it and giving it too much is going to make it a little stringy and make that inelastic nature even more inelastic. But then what you get when it's slightly looser spun is that those that surface halo is not um, tight in the ply. So that's when you're going to get that feathering. But all in all, is it not just a really cracking example of the unique textures and characteristics of British breed wool that we get in this one breed, in this Wensleydale breed? It's really, really interesting. And, you know, it's interesting um, to have heard your thoughts on it and it's interesting to see Wensleydale grow on some of our explorers um, and I love that it's been a really good one um, to show quite early on that washing and blocking can make a massive difference uh, just in one or two washes. So I really am very grateful to Ruth, Kate, Lisa, Rebecca, Sarah, to Drainold, one, to Elena, to Dry Gardening. Thank you so much um, for looking at Wensleydale, one of my absolutely favourite sheep breeds and wools. And thank you for looking at it in dynamic ways and coming up with fantastic ways to describe the wool and the fantastic ways to describe that halo. I think you all did an amazing job there um, and the feathering. And it is a feathering rather than a, a pilling or a bobbling. So if you're listening to this and you've not tried Wensleydale wool before, I hope that that's inspired you. I hope that you might think about um, the kind of yarn that you want. Do you want something that's loose and loose and going to have a really nice covering of, of a halo? Do you want something that's a little bit more tightly spun? Do you want something that's going to retain the drape and the luster? Get cracking and try it. Um, really great selection of Wensleydale yarn brands um, tried uh, this this month as well. Of course, there is a massive place in my heart for Wensleydale Long Wool Sheep Shop, but it do- doesn't stop me from buying other Wensleydale yarns. And whatever happens to my current lush in Wensleydale, I know that there will be another lush in Wensleydale in my my future because it's just a beautiful yarn for a beautiful pattern well um i recorded everything that preceded this bit uh on monday Uh, it is now saturday i have spent all week uh mostly just after work an hour here and there editing and I've got to the end of the editing tonight and realised I didn't record an ending when I um, first recorded on Monday so we better end things. Um, I should remind you that if you're interested the next wool exploration we're doing is Castle Milk Murat and the thread is open in the Knit British Ravelry group. I'll be interested to see where you find your Castle Milk Murat. Uh, there are a few Castle Milk Murat blends out there, but do remember that it has to be 100% 
for wool exploration. The deadline for this uh, is the end of June and we'll be looking at it in our July podcast. So uh, plenty of time to try and seek out some Casamok Murat and give that a go. After that, we're going to be looking at Norfolk Horn. Then we will be looking at the Welsh Mountain Group. So there's a lot of wool exploration coming up and lots of opportunity to join in. Or, you know, if you are if you are listening to this and it's way in the future, you can still join in. The th- chat threads are over there, open in the Knitbridge Ravelry Group, and you can just have a go. Uh, over there as well in the Ravelry group, there is a thread called uh, Events with Louise, which makes it sound like I'm announcing that I'm doing lots of events. It's not. It's kind of a little bit of market research um, in a way. Um, I do events. I um, Some of you have come to them. I do talks. Um, I've done swatch sessions Um I've always kept it kind of informal um, because I I have a full-time job and I quite enjoy that and it's nothing to do with wool. Um, so I kind of keep events a little bit informal, but actually um, I'm getting asked to do more and more and it would be nice to have a couple of different kinds of events just sort of in my arsenal, I guess. Um, so over there I'm asking... Um, what kind of what kind of events you'd like to see me do, um, and what kind of things would you like to learn from me? I come at this not as an expert. I come at this with um, an absolute passion for wool, and really all I've learned is what I've learned here on this podcast with you. Um, but if there's things that you think that you'd be interested to see me attend, or something you'd like to learn from me, learn about wool, um, learn together. Um, or something completely different, um, I'd be really interested to hear your thoughts because there's absolutely no point in me planning on doing things um, if it's not the kind of things that that you'd want to see or want to do or want to attend. So um, if you're in the Ravelry group, just if you're in there, if you'd pass them by and you had a thought on that, it would be really interesting Really interesting to hear. I'm going to go, but, uh, but before I do, I also want to give you a little bit of a suggestion. If you're looking for a book, looking for some reading, I am currently reading Threads of Life by Claire Hunter, which is an absolutely amazing non-fiction book about embroidery and sewing. And it is... It's a history of, of sewing and embroidery. It's told through the stories of men and women um, sort of across time and across the world. And there's so much that's relatable in there. Many things that we've talked about in terms of, of um, value and of the language of craft. And I just think you will really, really really enjoy it it's available uh, i'm not i'm not sponsored to tell you this i just want to pass it on because it's fantastic it's available uh in audio and it's available in hardback and once again it's called threads of life by claire hunter i think it might have also been book at bedtime or book of the week at one point as well but i know there are some of you who will be looking for their next new read soon and if if you're stuck for a choice that's a great one i'm going to finish it right now Until next time, friends, take very good care. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to the Knit British podcast. To find out more, visit www.knitbritish.net. 
I'm on Instagram as at underscore knitbritish and I'm on Ravelry as Lyra. Why not join us in the Knit British Ravelry group too? Take care of that throat. You're a big singing star now, remember? This California dude is just a little heavier than usual tonight. Really? From where I stand, the sun is shining all over the place. But you have to talk into the mind first. I'm sick.